But I want to say around 2014, at this time, I was in Ruston, going to Louisiana Tech, and I was a Kinesis major. I wasn't focused. I wasn't passionate about it. And I was spinning my wheels. Rent was rent is real cheap in Ruston, so you don't have to make a lot of money to live in Ruston. And so I'm a fireman. I'm doing my thing. And one day I just was, you know what? I, I need a fresh start. I'm out here going to school, maybe this quarter, maybe that quarter, hanging out, doing this and that. And I tell people the club lights came on for me. So I left. And then that's when I got to Best Buy. Best Buy gave me an opportunity to move to Dallas. I was making little to no money. I was selling home theater, TV, speakers, you name it. But I became a home theater expert. Your salary jumped like from going from not to network admin. Man, crazy. Even with, so when I left T-Mobile, I was making $11 an hour to take 60 calls a day. So I went from 22000 to fifty, And from Presidio to where I am now at ADT, now I'm making eight. I also saw you talking about job hopping. I think I've been with ADT almost a year now. I've gained enough knowledge to for sure gain get a job somewhere else making six figures. But the way they're investing in me right now and everything that I'm learning, like I'm, I'm locked in and I want to stay here. And once my knowledge hits the cap, then I'll make a decision. This video is being sponsored by Level Up in Tech. Are you interested in starting a career in cloud computing? The Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that between 2021 and 2031, cloud computing jobs will increase by 15%. LinkedIn is also showing 170K plus roles related to the cloud that are currently open now. Also, the average cloud engineer salary is 132000 Now, you may be sitting there asking yourself, hmm, I want to make $132,000. How do I get into the cloud? Well, Level Up in Tech has got you covered. Level Up in Tech is a 24-week comprehensive program dedicated to helping you land a cloud role. It will show you everything you need to know related to the cloud. They also have coaches that can guide you and ways on how to help you interview better. Level Up in Tech has helped many people start their cloud career, and they have so many testimonials on their website. Right now, Level Up in Tech has a triple guarantee in place by the end of November, so you don't want to miss out. So, if you're interested in starting your cloud career, use my link that'll be in the description. It's so hard for me to sit back here oh, yeah. in this studio, my boy, looking at a guy out here hollering my name <laughs> when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex, the nature boy, who says diamond ring wearing. Kids stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! <laughs> I just thought about what I want to start it off with. What's up? You remember back in the day at a, whatever apartment you stayed in at Tech? University Crossing. Ooh, you went way back with that one. It's probably not even named that anymore. Yeah. You remember, now your signature mix at the time, because everybody, you were stunned back then, but you weren't stunned, <laughs> stunned. You already know, we was on that Hawaiian Punch and Taco Vodka. Yeah. Yeah. That's a throwback there, man. Never again. Hey, Never you again. You was calling it Goon Juice. Yeah. My, that's what we called it. My cousin, I'm called the Hunch Punch. And see, <laughs> and see, my cousin, Pierre, he taught me a trick. Back then, we used to get a Ciroc bottle. We would buy the Ciroc, obviously drink it. But then after that, for the kickbacks, we would put the taco vodka in it, half water, half taco. Nobody ever knew the difference. Hey, speaking <laughs> of, do you remember? It was everybody first year at Graham and Tech. Right. 
we was hanging with uh, Nisha and all them, Courtney, Bruce. Okay. And there was a Bruce Howard. Okay. okay. It's Graham Homecoming. Remember, Evan was down there and he was like, man, I got that Ciroc, man. Okay, wait till I get back to the crib and drink the Ciroc. <laughs> and he went in the freezer, the Ciroc was frozen because he didn't realize that. I think Bruce actually drunk and filled it back up with some water. <laughs> <laughs> man. But I'll never Good forget times, that, man. man. I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah, when y'all was online. What about it? Because there's a million stories with that. Just the fact that I'll be trying to sleep <laughs> and I hear y'all down the hall <laughs> in Mitchell. I was like, man, what the they doing down there chanting like, that's the funny thing like when your school not that it's big enough but ain't that big who online yeah man that greek experience was something else but one thing i will say about alpha is it taught me that you got a lot of diverse brothers out there and there was some people that i pledged with that i probably never would have even spoken to if we didn't pledge together and it just really opened my eyes up about who you can fellowship with who you can network with and build with and things like that so that was a really cool time a lot of funny times and great memories with that man so Definitely, man. And speaking of that, hey, y'all, listen. The people that's listening to the audio version of this, this is the song that, uh, that Jerry came out to. <laughs> Go. You're going to make me here in a minute. <laughs> See, the thing is over there, so I do not, I'm not able to freaking do my gunshots. <laughs> oh, but I, I would definitely hit the gunshots right now. <laughs> I gotta ask him how many shots he had that night before he came out. Ooh. That was a long. We didn't go to sleep that night. I bet y'all did. We didn't. We. I I'll wait till you cut the music off. But man, that brings back memories for sure. <laughs> that, was, that was 2011. Yeah. Spring 2011. Yeah. Wow. Wow, bro. <laughs> so yeah. We had our probate that night. We stayed up all night and we drove to Houston because our regional convention was the next day. So nobody went to oh, sleep. I was lit. I bet y'all crashed. Oh, yeah. I ain't going to talk. We ain't going to talk about what happened to Joey, but I'll tell you that off camera. I probably can guess. <laughs> Let's just say Joey was spent. We're going to say that. But, but yeah, we had a good time in Houston, man. We had a real good time. That was a good first weekend being an alpha. Definitely. So that's why I said, you know what? Now that I think about it, Josh had you beat. Yeah, he had me be. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really remember specifically, but I give it to him. I think I he had you beat because I know for a fact Josh was towed up. <laughs> oh, you saying like on on the turn up level? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he definitely. Okay. You could tell when he was stepping. You could tell he was feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can definitely get with that because because we both are too. I would say. I don't want to say introverted because you was down there with me at Tech. I definitely wasn't introverted, but not like somebody that likes to. I think everybody's introverted, but I think in their own way, they know when they want to go talk and when they don't. Right. The difference you. between you and Josh is actually just a quiet person in general because we and him right. used to work with Miss Kelly mm-hmm. at the College of Engineering. Got you. Me, him, and Andrea. Got all three you. Of us okay. Used to work over there for her. Okay. Let me see what episode of this would be. Okay, it's 110. Let me intro real quick, but welcome back to the Textual Talk Podcast, the number one tech and career podcast on YouTube. I'm your host, HD, and we have a special guest today. He's been on the pod before, but he's coming back again. We had the same last name, went to the same high school, the same college, and I want to bring back my guy, Jerry Davis. People on the Patreon, I actually tell you what his nickname is. Once you subscribe to the Patreon, you forgot what his nickname <laughs> is. But uh, I want to welcome in to the, the studio, man. We podding today. As y'all heard, we bringing back some memories, and we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about life, careers, business, everything. You know how we do. So if you're watching right now on YouTube, 
hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell icon so you can be notified when I'm dropping stuff. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and follow us, leave us a review. It's going to help us out with them downloads in the algorithm. I was talking and I thought about some other stuff that we didn't cover. Okay. Recently, shout out to Huntington. They did good this year. They lost in the, the first round. I think they at least they did better than y'all did against Huntsville. Yeah. I'm going to say us, but I think we just was happy to be there. <laughs> that was a weird year because we had the teammate, rest in peace, T-Win, that passed. And years prior to, Huntington's football program was just a mess. Right. It just seemed after that death, the team really just came together and put forth their best effort. Because everybody knows, going back and looking at those teams, even the bad years, Huntington had some of the best athletes in the city. And it's like, if when... It's always when, been coaching. I, I wouldn't even blame it on... I guess the root of it, you could say, is coaching. But when we got it together, it was hard to beat. Right. Hard to beat us. And that's why we used to have to go to Marshall to play a non-district game because the Benton, Green Oaks, Bolger High, if they didn't have to play us, they didn't want to play us because they knew we had the talent. Shout out Huntington. I would love to see y'all go to state one day and win it, but you came up short, but hey. I've been waiting for a team to do better than my year, my senior year, and was that I think like 03 with Jason Fox yeah, the and quarterfinals. Yeah. 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 Both of our teams with the quarterfinals, I've been waiting for a team to get to the semis. And yeah. Well, Huntington is still... They got a good program I think, now, the, I think their first graduating class was, what, in like 74? You talking about a school that's not even 50 years old yet. They'll get there. And then you look at North Louisiana football. It's so many 5A and 4A programs. The talent is so Straight spread out yeah. across the city. It's not like West Monroe where everybody goes to one school. Right. That's something you got to consider, too. So when that does happen, it's going to be a big deal, definitely. Because our school like to show off for homecoming, yeah. which I'm hey, going next year. That's out, our 15 year. <laughs> yeah, see, ours got messed up with COVID. Like, my 10 year got messed up with COVID. Like, dang. it was trash. Yeah, that's right. Dang. But shout out to us because we did have the best homecoming. What I seen from Facebook, like, you felt like somebody, they went to college the way they was doing homecoming. Right, They had a parade and, and everything. So shout out to them. They tailgated this year. I don't know if they did that last year, but they tailgated and everything. It was awesome. And I really wanted to go this year, but I got stuck in traffic by the time I got to Shreveport. Because it was my dad's birthday weekend. So by the time I got to Shreveport, it was dead. So I, it was like 9 o'clock already. And I was like, all right, I'm old. Time to go home. <laughs> yeah, man. But anyway. Especially me and G-Smooth. Occasionally we'll text each other. We're like, tuck your shirt in, Kid Rock. <laughs> Man, before I get off the football subject, I want to laugh at some funny stuff. The reason why I said coaching, and ain't the fact that the coaches weren't good, is we never had any consistency. Because, like, my, I think y'all might have had Coach Green maybe for two years being the head coach. Yeah. Every year I was there, we had a different head coach. Yeah, Six that, or seven coaches when I was that there. That can be tough, too, man. And especially you got kids from different parts of the city. And, it's, and that's where I think, I'll say his name, but that's where I think Coach Bird went wrong. Because I do believe Coach Bird was a good coach. I just think he was so out of touch. He did not know how to reach any of yeah. the kids and he lost them immediately. And that was his downfall. Yeah. So <laughs> I knew you gonna say I wanted to bring it up, bro. Hey, I was gonna put on the thing. I was like, I was gonna ask first of all, I was gonna ask about that. Could you talk about the situation about the like what made y'all want to throw the eggs? Oh, the <laughs> egg throwing. So that was going into my senior year. We so we were practicing for seven on seven. It's hot every day. Gas was crazy. That's the first time we've ever seen gas hit three dollars. Of course, when we start to become adults, right? Everything right. started getting more expensive. And so we were just bored after practice one day, man. And Courtney was I, I ain't gonna blame it on Courtney, but it was Courtney, Kenny, Big White, Ness. CJ, right? 
I want to say CJ was there. And we had done it before. So this we just happened to get caught this time. But anyway, we was just after practice one day, we were all just hanging out and we were just like, Y'all wanna go throw some eggs? And then Yeah, pulled up to Walmart on the Pines Road, got them. And then long story short, we got caught. Kids at home, don't throw eggs. <laughs> right, we ain't gonna go through the intricacies of how yes. y'all got caught. That whole story is actually pretty funny. We didn't seen a lot of funny stuff. Right. Shout out to all the coaches. Shout out to Coach Bird. I used to laugh all the time. He'd be like, he's in the one and he's in the five and all that <laughs> yelling and stuff. What is, is he? Do you, I, I think I asked Joey, but I think he's back to writing now, like for the paper. Is I he? don't think he's coaching. I know he was at Loyola for a he's while. He's at Loyola and Bird, right? Yeah. I think he went back to his dad was a big sports writer for Shreveport Times and Jerry Bird Sr. or whatever. So that's how everybody knew him. And I ain't gonna say that's how you climb the ranks, but he had yeah, but yeah, yeah, he had a connection already into sports in that area. So But I'll say, like I said, we didn't mean to turn this into a sports pod. <laughs> but the, the ironically though, it's like after y'all left, things actually did get better before he got into that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's not a bad Cause, coach. Cause he like you said he was out of touch to kind of, cause it's a situation where he had less time to coach prime, see what's going on. You still got to get your people in there to change the culture. Cause Hey, but that, that old line garbage. <laughs> I probably wouldn't let you do a play for the rest of the season. That's how trash them boys is. Yeah, man. That's something I really, I really was rooting for them. And along with a lot of people, I didn't want them to leave Jackson state, to be honest, talking to some friends and stuff that it made sense because it's hard to get top recruits to have options to go to these Laid universities, nice dorms, nice everything, programs if they're interested in getting an education. And it's like Jackson State just wasn't offering it. And hopefully they will one day. Shout out to HBCUs, even though I never attended one, but shout out to them. More empowerment to y'all. But that's ultimately why a lot of people justify him leaving. But I would have loved to see him stay there and beat a Alabama or a USC. I think it could have happened if they would have did right by the money. That's the stuff people's always just focusing on. Oh, prime, he left, he left, he left. No, they was not doing right with the money. Yeah. That's the biggest day of tennis ever been once he came down there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. When you got somebody like that, and it's Texas in the same boat, they didn't want to pay Sonny Dykes. They didn't want to pay, what was his name? Derek Dooley. Dooley. Yeah, they didn't want to pay him. And both of those guys went to Power 5 schools. They didn't do great, but Dykes went to TCU and made a national championship. He lost real bad, but he made it. Yeah. But you talking about think about you know, what Sonny Dykes did with us though. They was the number two office in the country behind Oregon, and that's crazy and they put, to say. What, how many people got drafted that year? Three or four? I want to say Quinn yeah. Miles. I can't think of anybody else, but those were the two main two. Those guys. I think we had some defense. I think we had a defensive player that, that yeah. too. Shout out to Legere Sneed on the right. sheets. He from Tech. But hey, listen. Hey y'all, look, we finna start the pod. I promise. <laughs> he ain't text me about football in a while. He know why. Oh, because the Broncos beat the Chiefs. The real reason why I haven't been texting anybody about football lately is because the Chiefs have been really dominant over the years. And I don't want to be that person that every time the Chiefs win, you just know that text coming and I'm about to be annoying. Now, when the Chiefs was bad and they would win, I I would be texting everybody because it didn't happen as much. But now I'm used to it. I try to be a good sport. But, you know, I didn't text you either because... I'm one of the few people that's a realistic fan. Yeah. And there's always, and you've seen this even last year when they was bad, Broncos always play good against the Chiefs. They do. They do. Because the, the Chiefs got a target on their back. That's If any bad team is going to play good, that's the one time they want to well, do it. I think it. it's a division game. But two, I just think 
they both understand each other so much. I just think it's it's like when Peyton used to go against the Ravens and Ed Reed just knew how to play against mm-hmm. Peyton. Justin Simmons knows how to play against Pat. And then Pat Sertan know what he got to do. And it don't help that y'all ain't got no legit number one no more. Right, right. And, I mean, same thing with, you know, Peyton when he was in India against Ty Law and the Patriots. You know, that was just always a dogfight. You think it's going to be a high-scoring game every time? I think some of those games would be, like, what, 14 to 17 or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just paraphrasing. But, yeah. but That's cool. All right, guys. We finna really intro the pod, though. <laughs> Jerry, can you tell the people a little bit about you and your background? And then we'll kind of get into your spiel of like how you made your way out to to Dallas and what made you want to get into networking. Yeah. Okay. Of course I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. Went to Huntington high school. I joined the air force straight out of high school. I was a fireman for the air force. I really love that career. It's just at a certain point you get to see, you get to seeing how things work and how promotions work. And I don't know if people out there are familiar with civil service, but a uh, civil service is something where when you're hired, that's it. Like you, that's how you get promoted. If somebody got hired a day after you, you are ahead of them for life. So that's not something I really care for, but I really did enjoy being a fireman more in the military versus on the civilian side. And I want to say around, and I'm running over here to your next question, but I want to say around 2014, at this time I was in Ruston going to Louisiana Tech and I was a Canise major. I wasn't focused. I wasn't passionate about it. And I was spinning my wheels. Rent was Rent is real cheap in Ruston. So you don't have to make a lot of money to live in Ruston. And so I'm a fireman. I'm doing my thing. And one day I just was, you know what? I I need a fresh start. I'm out here going to school, maybe this quarter, maybe that quarter, hanging out, doing this and that. And I tell people the club lights came on for me. Right. At the end of the night, the club lights come on and you just like, dang, like fun's over. Then you just disperse. And so that's what my transition to Dallas really was like. I just needed a fresh start. And I one day, I, you probably noticed, but one day you look up and rest and it's like, Jerry's gone. I was always around hanging out doing this fun guy, but it was just time for me to get focused. And, and even at that time, it was time for me to get focused, but I didn't know what the focus was. But I just knew it was time for something to change. So I left. And then that's when I got to Best Buy. Best Buy gave me an opportunity to move to Dallas. I was making little to no money. I was selling home theater, TV, speakers, you name it. But I became a home theater expert. It really you was know? Lawrence from Insecure. I tell people that all the time. Like I can relate to his story so I much. Shout out Lawrence from Insecure. I think man, everybody but, can. It's probably like a, a solid stand-up, smart man. Everybody yeah. probably can to relate to Lawrence. Yeah, man, because he, he, if you've seen Insecure, like that's that's literally what I went through. And it's, you tell people you want to do this and that, and it sounds crazy until it happens, right? And anyways, after years, I want to say I was with Best Buy for, what, five years? And then I decided I've always been like, I remember on one of your podcasts, you were talking about how you were teching, you like phones and you thought that maybe you would go into podcasting about phones and things like that. I've always been like a techie person, but I never saw myself working in IT. And so one day I just was like, you know what? I'm real into tech. I got to have the latest phone. I got to have the latest whatever, you know, and I was like why don't I go to school for this? And I, I still didn't know what I wanted to major. I picked programming and I, I had to take a network plus class at the school at a shout out to NCTC in Corinth. That's where I got my associates in computer network technology. But going there, my first class, ironically, was network plus. And a guy named uh, Mr. Lyons, he came up to me and, um, after class. And for whatever reason, he pulled me to the side and he was like, He's, I see the potential in you. And he was like, you're doing well in class, but he's I want to tell you something. He was like, programmers make good money 
or they get or they secure jobs at Google and things like that. That's where the good money is in programming. And maybe he was pigeonholing. But at the same time, he explained to me that networking, everybody needs a network administrator. Everybody needs a network engineer. Not everybody needs a programmer. What's a example? I don't know. Brookshire's like Brookshire's has an IT department that has network administrators, network engineers, not so much a programmer because they may not have use for that. Maybe somewhere higher up in the hierarchy they do, but it's not always a need for that at every company. And so he was just trying to, because he was somebody that was a veteran that um, also, you know, went through things that I went through, spun his, was spinning his wheels, went to college, got out of college, and he found his way into networking and found some success. So I think that's why he ultimately pulled me to the side and got me to networking. From then on, I went to go get my CCNA. And here I am today, man. Here I am. And I had a few speed bumps in between there, but I'm sure I'm taking over your interview. I'll let you ask you questions. <laughs> when y'all come and talk, it makes it easier on me. Ironically, before we start the pod, we were talking about lack of exposure to IT, networking, security, you name it, in Shreveport. And I did a article about that before. And I was talking about that's one of the main reasons why diversity is low. In IT. If you go back to Shreveport, the only type of IT jobs we saw might have been teleperformance or at the time of US support and maybe some other type of cost center things. Right. Every couple of years, I go on my Facebook and I reshare this post about if you're tired of working at US support, like holler at me so I can help you out. <laughs> For real, because all those people have built on some skills that can make more money and they're getting underpaid. But right. they think they're getting paid a lot because it's Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. they didn't, even they didn't really even pitch. Like they had, now they actually, I found out, but they did have people like at the career center. They was like, some people can get some networking certifications and stuff like that. However, they didn't really market it right to us. I think by the time I found out about that stuff, it was like, it's about time to be done with school. My electives mm-hmm. was wood shop, welding. I think those were my two electives and weightlifting. Of course, once you start playing football, they put right. you in that six hour weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I want to go back to when we did this, our episode years ago. At that time, I believe you were working in the knock for T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. I always tell people about not it's one of those speed bumps. <laughs> right. I always tell people about the knock life and I say it's one of the lower barrier to entry roles. Depending on where you go, you'll either be learning some stuff or you'll just be there. But at least you can say you worked in, in the knock. Right. How was your experience working in the knock? Man, in a T-Mobile knock, I took 60 calls a day. I was constantly answering the phone. And the primary role of that position in the knock was you would you weren't customer facing or anything like that. But the techs in the field, they would be working on the cell towers, 5G, LT or whatever, and they would be doing maintenance and it would bring down the connection. So they would call you back after the maintenance was done. You would have to pull up the specific tower, make sure everything's good to go. If it's good, cool calls over. If not, you got to stay on the phone to tech, go through some troubleshooting steps till you get the tower back up or escalate it to the radio access team. It was a pretty thankless, uneventful job, man. But like you said, sometimes you have to take that first step to say you had that experience because a lot you in a lot of your podcasts you talk about resume writing and this some people look for they may be looking for hiring a network administrator but they want somebody with knock experience they don't care what you did at the knock they just want to know that you've been in that environment and so that's sometimes that's you you do what you got to do to get your foot in the door but 
not a fun job. I didn't learn a lot. I remember you. I watch your podcast all the time. So sorry I keep referencing them. <laughs> but cool. I'm, I'm a fan, man. And I'm proud of you. Honestly, somebody, like I said, we went to high school together and looking back on it, I didn't see you or me doing anything like this. Maybe I didn't. That doesn't mean we I wasn't saying we wouldn't be successful. I just didn't see us doing something in IT, just an afterthought. But anyway, yeah, so anyway, get your foot in the door, do what you got to do, and go from there. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to touch on what you said, seeing like you or I doing what we're doing now. Flip the switch on for me is when I switched my major from architecture. I, rem- I remember CIS. that now. I remember that. But what really did it was, and I got, I'm either going to go to Rustin and do that episode or have him come out here or something, but Mr. Eddie. Big guy that works at the College of Business, black man. Designed like the whole building with the smart stuff for the professors, the networking, all that. You know how to do mm. all that stuff. That's when I say, oh, okay. He do this. I can do this. <laughs> and that's the kind of it just went from there. Right. Learning whatever I can learn and going from there. And think about it. Our school was so much of an engineering school when it came to, sometimes it really wasn't no reason to even go to the job fair, to be honest. Because the jobs I was possibly interviewing for were not tech related. The one time I had a chance at an internship, I lost out to it to, on, to Kim by like a little bit. Really? Yeah. Is Kim in tech? I didn't know she was. I didn't know that. Kim actually does. And Kim, you better watch this episode because I've been telling you come <laughs> on. Kim, specifically, she's in healthcare. Oh. She does security with uh, the system Epic. I did not know Kim was in IT. You're at the I same major. Not, I did not know that. Same Man. major. And then- Where you know? She stayed a year after and did that a master's in information assurance. Interesting. Yep. Shout out to Kim. Man. Yep. I did not know you were in IT. Yeah. So but yeah, definitely come, come on, on the podcast. I've been telling her. So, <laughs> I've been telling her come on. Say her boo might be watching. I've been telling her come on the show. <laughs> telling you. But that's really how I did it. I think it was that thing like when you said about maybe like playing around in school and stuff. It's like one of the things I got two younger brothers in school and working and stuff now, and I try to stress to them like meeting different people. Your network, the circle of people you meet, you never know where they work or who their parents know. Because I think that's a big one. Like everybody, if you, I think I did good to move in. I moved like off campus my last quarter. Cooktown Road, shout out to, I was living with uh, Mason and Marquise, D. Marquise. And I think like, I forgot the other dude's name. But I probably wouldn't have made it staying there like three or four years because it was jumping. The first night I moved there, we playing drinking games and I had an eight o'clock the next day. Yeah, I never lived on campus. And that <laughs> might have been a mistake, but I never lived on campus my whole time in resting. So No, on campus apartments, that was cool. You can walk right to Lambrighton. And, and, right. Uh, and Harold will tell you today, me and Harold, of course, are best friends, but he'll tell you today that he never wanted to room with me because he said he would never be focused. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's some truth to it. Like I said, man, I, I did waste some time in resting, but ultimately everything worked out. Right. So I, I wouldn't go back and change a thing. bro. That's what I say too. people say what you I was like, I don't know, because that's how I got to where I am now. Everything I experienced messing up on classes or failing or having the opportunity to probably get like A pluses and cheat like. Having, I've never told that story on the pod, but if you know the right people in school, you can get them tests. And that's why I tell people grades don't mean much. Yeah. Yeah. I specifically remember tests getting passed around all the time. And a lot of people don't know is that like a lot of fraternities, not the divine nine, but a lot of fraternities that have been there for years and years, they have vaults with oh, yeah, these tests in them. Yeah. And the football players. Yeah, they have vaults. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The coaches keep stuff for these guys. And yeah, so like, you're right. Grades do not mean a lot. When I tell you, so the hardest class we took at Tech and Judy, Kim, and whoever else that we all major with, they can attest to this. 
quantitative analysis, aka statistics, super mm-hmm. hard. But everybody had the test. Yeah, but that's, your, that's like your intro to networking, right? <laughs> to find those tests. But I, ironically, I actually wanted to learn how to do this stuff. So I actually, it was a. I hate to generalize, but this is African dude. I forgot what his name was. Super smart. He knew how to do the stuff. He taught me. I one test I took off the stuff I learned from him, and I got everything right but wrong. What I mean is, I was like writing the wrong sign or something on there. So that's how I made my answer wrong. But I knew how to do it. Right. Because I wanted to learn that. I was like, it wasn't no benefit of me like just doing that. Because I was like, I might need X bar one day, even though we got Excel and Power BI and Tableau. But that's just a a segue that we were just talking about school and like doing all these other things. Right. But I want to get into like, normally when you work at the knock, like I said, we don't do much. How hard was it for you to interview and land something else knowing that maybe you didn't know some of the things that were on job descriptions or that they actually in interviews? Okay. Knowing that you didn't know some of the things they may be asking you on job uh, interviews, I recently just had a thread that I put up about people segueing from support and how it's hard for them to get into cyber because they answer from a support type of thinking. How are you able to translate that from coming from typically just answering calls from the text and I'm reading off what we got to do? to, okay, tell me about this or LAN or VLAN or how would you set network segmentation? Like, how was you able to do that? Kind of just a trial and error, man, because you go to that first interview and then they may ask you something about, like you said, tell me about, you You would think that they would just ask you, what's the definition of a VLAN? But they want to know more than that. They want to know what happens when you connect a computer to a switch? Vague question. And I won't say that's a vague question. That's a pretty basic question. It is a vague one. question because it's like how, what you mean? It's specifically what you want to know. But they go beyond your, like your basic, what's the word I'm looking, what's the, how can I phrase this? Like your basic just network knowledge and terminology. And I think that's a learning curve that a lot of people have to get past. And you really have to deep dive because it is, even though, they're looking for that knock experience. Again, going back to my first point, they don't care what you did in the knock. They want to know that you're prepared to take that next step. Like, how have you been improving yourself? How have you been gaining knowledge around the world of networking to take that next spot to be a network administrator? How can I, am I going to be able to trust you to go into an IDF and make configurations on this switch and I take down the whole building? So that type of thing is is a big part of, of that transition. And it, and it can be a lot at first, but to those out there that are watching this, like when you go into those interviews and you fail, don't feel bad. And and I say that lightly because you're going to feel bad. But what I'm saying is recollect yourself, pick up the pieces and continue to build upon what you know and continue to learn and go from there. And then you'll come back and you'll kill it. And it's always going to work out. If you're dedicated to something, if you're passionate about something and you put the time in, it's always going to work out for you. The job I hold currently, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. I'm in a perfect position I interviewed and reached out about jobs and ultimately I'm right where I need to be. I'm learning. I'm like a sponge right now. And so I, I couldn't be happier. So don't take failure as, as what is the, def- excuse me, as what is defined as take it as a learning experience and grow from it. Yeah. That's what I tell a, a lot of them. I say, hey, just make sure one of the good things is I record, I have them record their interviews now. So now I'm able to listen to everything they saying. I was like, I ain't like that. I didn't like that. You didn't answer this because they actually this and you start talking about something else. 
slow down. I also tell them, hey, it's a thing. And I did a little bit in this interview here because I was talking fast. But typically, if you notice, I'm pausing before I talk. So I limit the way I say, like, some people do this. My client the other day, if you'll watch this, he'll be like, yeah, I was doing that. But he kept on saying, you know how this is, right? He was saying right after everything. And when somebody <laughs> says they're trying to convince you of thinking like they're right, I was like, stop saying that. Like, pause. They want that validation. I was like, yeah. pause and, and just say all your sentences out without, if you don't know what you're going to say, just pause a little bit. It's okay. They'll understand. Everybody get nervous doing interviews. I get nervous doing interviews. It's it's cool. It's perfectly normal. If you ain't nervous, you ain't trying to do good. I hate panel interviews. And I know that's like a big thing in IT and there's no getting around it, but I hate them. I hate them. Luckily, at my last job, we didn't have our director. Our director was supposed to be in the interview, but he wasn't. So I'm glad he wasn't. But I just hate panel interviews. I really like one to ones because I feel like in panel interviews, you get a question. Right. And then I feel like somebody else is listening to you answer. And then they try to snowball the question into something more difficult for you versus that person just going on to what they were going to ask next. So anyway, like I said, it's part of it. You got to be prepared for it. But I I prefer one to ones. Yeah. I'm indifferent on panels. It depends. Sometimes you got to work the room. That works. I know also, for example, most of the places, instead of doing the panels, they'll say, okay, you need to set aside four hours of your day and you'll do your different interviews throughout the, the day. So that's how Goldman Sachs was. Goldman Sachs was like, I just knocked out like all my interviews that day. And then Microsoft was two two interviews a day once I got to the loop. What's, I was just about to ask you, and I hate to like switch it up on your podcast, but what's the most strenuous like interview process you've been through? Strenuous, I would say, in recent memory, I probably would say it would have to be, I'd probably say it had to be Microsoft. And it, I don't think it was like strenuous. I think it was just more so me trying to prepare for it at that time, trying to prepare for a technical role when I was working a non-technical role, it was hard because mm. I had went from a, a year of doing stuff I knew how to do to doing different things. And that's what kind of made that hard. But after I got situated, I did, I did decent enough. I knew I didn't do the best I could. Right. But I got like validation. How many interviews did you have to do? I did. So that loop is four. And then before that, I also had the interview, with, I think, with the manager. So you can count like maybe five in total. Wow. Yeah. Beyond two or three, man. And I know these big companies, they put you through the, the loop. But I just think two after two or three, that's excessive. Technically, it's like in rounds. So technically, there's only three rounds. So it's not too bad. It's typical. Typical, you have a phone screening. Yeah. You have, you talk to the hiring manager or somebody. Then you have like your technical interview. Like, so right. the loop counts as like that third round. Okay. Technical, like the first interview of the loop was technical. Then the second epi- the second interview was more so on the principles of the company. And then the third one was, I forgot what that one was like. And then the fourth one wasn't really technical. It was just me talking to the, the director who I had already previously connected with on LinkedIn. Hmm. And then, like for example, I'd probably say that my Microsoft one was probably harder than Amazon. I've I've interviewed like Amazon like twice. Okay. And it went hard. I just messed up. If anybody of you watching, if you ever have an interview coming up with Amazon, pay attention to their learning principles and make sure you have your star stories down for a lot of different scenarios. That's about the only way you're going to do good in that. If you don't, 
they gonna see that. <laughs> they can see that email the next day say sorry we moving on <laughs> I'm just sorry that's so they like big on personal development and things like that versus like your technical knowledge or both but more so you definitely gotta knock those learning principles out the park because that's what they care about those a lot got you you can sometimes hit those on the head and not be the best in their role but still probably land it just because they're gonna train you anyway so. sometimes I've been telling people I hadn't really got no adequate training <laughs> in years they expect you to hit the ground running. Yeah, depending on what role you're going to, if you're going to a senior role, sometimes they're hiring you because they're having trouble with something and they're looking for that senior person to do this. And again, that's why I'm, I'm in a perfect spot because my next step could be a role like that, but I know I'm gaining knowledge from so many different directions. I already know what you're your next step gonna be. I sent you on the job description. <laughs> you did. That was what, like a week or so ago? Right. And at Free Game, is, even though you feel like you're in a perfect spot now, never stop interviewing. Yeah. You never know. And I'll tell you off camera why. But so now you're a network administrator. And for the people that's listening or watching, what exactly is a network administrator in your own words? In my own words, a network administrator. Let's break it down into tiers. So you have your tier one people that anytime there's any small issue with the network, they're taking that call. Hey, unplug this, plug it back in. Try this, try that. Your network administrators are your people that actually control the day-to-day operations of the network. If there's any configurations that need to be done, if there's any outages, any serious outages beyond that's not dealing with the ISP, because again, your tier one people, if there is an issue with the ISP, they're the ones that are going to back out and get that ticket open with them before they even talk to us. So that's in a nutshell, just a short summary of it. But basically overseeing the network, maintaining the network and keeping everything going. We basically paved the highway to all these different branches of applications and things that people have going on at their jobs to keep the whole network connected. Got it. What was your salary jump like from going from a knock to network admin? Man, crazy. Even with so when I left T-Mobile, I was making eleven dollars an hour to take 60 calls a day. I went to another company named Presidio. Yeah. And that was also a similar knock type. It was like a mesh between knock and network administration. That was the first time I was actually logging into Cisco devices on the job remotely and looking at configuration, not so much changing anything, but seeing if different routing protocols were up or down, seeing things like this. That was my first time doing that. So I went from making $11 Eleven dollars an hour is what roughly twenty two thousand dollars a year. So I went from twenty two thousand to fifty, and from Presidio to where I am now at ADT, now I'm making eighty, and, and that's not the big one hundred sixty thousand dollar a year job. A lot of people I hear, I, I see you going back and forth with people on socials all the time. Oh, make two hundred k tomorrow type thing, and and I also saw you on and again bringing up your previous podcast again. I also saw you talking about job hopping. I think. I've been with ADT almost a year now. I've gained enough knowledge to for sure gain get a job somewhere else making six figures. But the way they're investing in me right now and everything that I'm learning, like I'm, I'm locked in and I want to stay here. And once my knowledge hits the cap, then I'll make a decision if, if they want to promote me or whatever. And I, I really do love ADT and I, I do think I have a good future there. But again, I'm just a sponge right now. I'm not even thinking about that because the way they're investing in my knowledge and the equipment I'm getting to configure and get my hands on, it's it's amazing. It's mind blowing. Yeah, those skills actually will take you far. So I feel like ADT is like your optive. And I'll say that what you did is something that everybody's not willing to do. Everybody's not willing to take 
the amount of money you took in the beginning just to get your foot in the door. Right. Because everybody is more concerned with being perceived a certain way versus actually just learning something. Yeah. And that's one of the things, man, you really, I say the, I say the club light coming on phase, right? But you, after the club has come on, you got to go into your duck off phase and, and focus on you and really start to work on something. Once you realize what that is, you, you can't, you can't worry about how people perceive you. Like my dad would say, keeping up with the Joneses. I know a lot of uh, black kids have been told that. <laughs> but once you lock in and focus and really find your niche, then everything's going to work itself out. But you definitely got to humble yourself and take that step back and, and pick up your breadcrumbs, man, and, and do what you got to do to get to that next spot. Because it's coming as long as you dedicate yourself. Right. And you know that from experience. This video will be sponsored by Level of Careers. It has a 14-day money-back guarantee. It's a week self-paced course. Employer reimbursement and counts for continuing education. Here are some of the reasons why you can choose cybersecurity, high demand, job security, competitive salary, work variety, and fulfilling work. The national average salary of an information security analyst is of 113000 Your instructor is Josh Matacor, and here is the brief overview of the course. Theory introduction, security refresher, security frameworks, security regulations and standards, security operations signals. Then you have these great labs with Azure, Login and Monterey, Microsoft Signal, Secure Cloud Configuration, and they help you with job hunt and job hunt execution. Use my code to try out Level Careers. You'll get 10% off by using my code and you'll be taking the next step in propelling your career to new height. Now back to our schedule programming. So did you have your CCNA after, did you get it like at the, the job in between where you're at now or did you get it at T-Mobile. I actually got it at T-Mobile. And it's funny because T-Mobile, they had a network administrator position that was paying $16 an hour and it required a CCNA. And they didn't want to hire me. And so I was like, and that that was a blessing in disguise. And I was looking for any pay bump possible, right? Because it's like mid-pandemic. So I'm looking for anything. So I was, I would have gladly taken that, but they didn't want to hire me. So that ended up working out to my benefit before, I, I think a month before I graduated with my associates, I got an offer from Presidio and they took me on. And man, that was just, whew, that was a huge relief to get that job, man, because I always knew like my next bigger, and, and again, $50,000 $50, is good money, but compared to 11, that's a big jump. And it's, I can finally breathe again. And I finally, and I touched on it a little earlier in the podcast, just being somebody where my dad for 90% of my life was in administration in the school systems. Everybody that know me, I'm Jerry Davis. Jr. A lot is expected of me. Mm -hmm. And so in my early mid twenties, I was falling short of those expectations. So for me to, it finally start coming together, man, that, that was huge for me. And then just to even looking back on that, I've grown so much since then. And then my outlook on the future is amazing. So I'm excited for what the future holds, man. And I couldn't love my career field anymore. I guess that love grows every day, but just trying to paint a picture of it, like I'm in love with my career, man. Yeah. Funny you said that because I was driving on the way here and I thought about something. And I was saying, I believe young people, especially in tech, I think the earlier they can get higher salaries, the better, because that will help you throughout your career of not being underpaid. Right. The episode that's dropping on Monday with me and Shanae, we're talking about, I, I already dropped the pretty much like the intro of, and how she said had one of the most interesting talks she had with a candidate was they said, Hey, look, I want nothing less than 725 K in total comp. 
And she was like, what am I doing wrong that I ain't had to become like that? <laughs> but it's just one of the things you never, when, when you start meeting different people and these different companies, and there is a, a strategy behind actually landing high paying roles outside of paying attention to just whatever the title is. There's a strategy behind that. But Jermaine said, you should start fit, getting uncomfortable with the salary that you were requesting when they trying to talk to you. Right. You should start getting uncomfortable about it. Some people are nervous and they are undercut themselves because they don't want somebody to say no. Go in the mirror and say, this is what I want. Everybody remember, like, you remember when you stepped to your fiance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You probably was nervous, man. Shit, I'm, I'm going ahead and I'm going to get it. Yeah, man. And that's one thing. I'm glad you encourage people to negotiate. My dad actually disagreed with me negotiating. And that just goes to show you somebody that's old school, working in the school system type thing. And he just, he was like, man, that salary they offer you, that's, that's not bad money. And you get more responsibility and blah, blah, blah. He was just so against it. And my dad, my dad, he's a very smart dude. Yeah. And it's just, but he's not right all the time. And ultimately he was proud of me and proud of just to see another decision that I made on my own workout. Yeah. But, but yeah, I definitely negotiate that salary. You can't be scared of that. So now one of the questions I have for you is you said something else earlier. that I don't even know what the acronym stands for. You said IDF, but what are some skills that you needed to hone in on for you in order to be successful at this role? I would say, number one, patience, because I think going to that role is almost, and I was talking to Harold about it, um, in networking, especially if your environment is critical, right? Because at ADT, that's basically controlling people's ability to monitor alarms, house fires, houses being broken into number of things. So you bring down a network like that, trying to work too fast, you could make a really big problem. So patience, number one. Uh, number two, consistency. I think you should get into the mode of, and notice I haven't said anything really technical yet, but you should get into the mode of doing the same thing the same way. I read a quote the other day that said, the way you do something today is the way you're always going to do it. And so I think that's something I really took to heart going into work every day. Um, but getting on the more technical side of it, learning your environment, learning your network topology, learning your subnets. When you get in there, enterprise networking is so much more different than the labs you used to setting up. And so learning that is just going to blow your mind anyway. Seeing like a slash 20 subnet and seeing different network addresses. You're like, how is this talking when this network, this third octet isn't the same as this one? Because you're so used to doing your basic lab stuff and you may know how to subnet, but you haven't seen it at in work and in an enterprise environment. So things like that, man, just take it one step at a time. And what Mr. Lyons used to say in our networking classes is the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So <laughs> you learn as you go. And and really, your seniors are a big part of that because because you can get to a job and sometimes people be snobs and they don't they expect you to know everything. But that's another reason why I love ADT, because I have people that 17, 20 years in the game that are just willing to answer what would be viewed by most as a silly question. And that that's really valuable as well. So just soaking it all in and man, I'm loving it. So right. I only think I only consider something a silly question. I really don't consider anything a silly question. It would only be if you didn't check the documentation, then that's when I say, okay, you could have looked that up because it's right here. Just put it in confluence. If you don't right, if you don't right. see it, then I'll help you. If you can find it in Google. And that's another thing I put in the thread yesterday. I was like you're trying to BS the interviewer. Just say, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. I, I don't know. But if you gave me a chance to, I know I can find the info. Like, just tell them. Right. 
all of us use Google at work anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my seniors is he hammers on me all the time because I like to memorize stuff, and he's like, that's great. And he's like, I don't really care about you memorizing stuff. I care about you knowing where to look when you don't know. That's what's really important. That that's a good point you brought up. So everybody uses Google at work. Google is definitely your friend. And speaking of what you're talking about, you pretty much you're, I would say, home security. That's the industry that you're in. You actually now can niche into home security. Right. Yeah. Like specifically with networking. But you touched on something that I touched on in my video this week. You understand the whole part of your job of what it affects. Parents or family at home, kids are in their room. Network goes down. Now they don't know a burglar's in the house. Something might be happening to the kids. So all these type of things can happen. Right. Everybody's not doing their job. And I want to say that because I touched back on reason why T-Mobile stay getting breached and stuff because they cheat. Yeah. That's why. When people don't care <laughs> about their job, what networking person going to care about their job? They're getting paid 16 an hour. When we know for a fact that people elsewhere are getting really paid from T-Mobile because they took over Sprint. Yeah. Like, stop playing with me. Pay me. Yeah. Even when I was there, I was a contract worker. Half their knock is contracted out. So I, I can believe it that they may be cheap. Not to talk bad about them. Again, they gave me my first opportunity and things like he, that. He's not going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about you because <laughs> most companies who got their stuff contracted out, that's not a good sign if you don't have any consistency there. That means it's a lot yeah. of turnover. And that's when you see that, you'll typically know that's why certain things happen. Because Toyota over there in uh, Plano, they got really a really nice campus over there. It's right down the street from JP Morgan's. You did a you did an interview with a guy that worked there that like didn't he write a program or something that got like a lot of was it him them or GM? Oh, uh, you talking about speaking of shout out my my guy Xavier, he will actually be back on the pod in December. Okay, awesome. He's from Detroit. He's probably gonna have his buffs on in the interview too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Yeah, you told me he he wrote something for them and he, they broke him off really well. So yeah, he, shout out to him, man. Yeah. When's the last time you spoke with uh Joey? Sometimes, well, he's on Twitter sometimes. I see him on Facebook sometimes. Outside of that, I hadn't talked to him in a while. Typically, I, I, I run into him sometimes if I'm in uh, Shreveport, Bozier. Did you know that he's he's in education right in Shreveport, but he's also pushing real big going back to our exposure thing. But he's also pushing for uh, kids to get into IT. And he actually just recently got two kids a cybersecurity scholarship full ride. So, yeah, shout out to him. I just wanted to say that on the podcast because Joey is really doing some great things. And he's at Woodlawn High School right now in Shreveport. So it, next time you talk to him, bring that up and he'll tell y'all because he's really passionate yeah, he's about helping out to those me kids. About it. I think he probably just got busy and got you got or something. Because remember him and I was arguing about that <laughs> at your house. And I'm like, bro, how are you going to tell me? Like, I get what you're saying. I was like. He can get a little bullheaded yeah. sometimes. That's but, always him. But his heart is good. Yeah, no, shout out to Joe. Listen, how I got to school and back and my groceries. I'm the type of person, if you was rocking with me when I was walking around campus or something, you took me home, you took me to the store. As long as you ain't cross me, you good with me forever. If right. you need something, just get at me. That's how I operate like everybody from back then. Yeah, it's if a you, good mindset to have. Man. If you do something low down to me, then it's a wrap. You play it yourself because not having right. me in your network. They ain't going to work out that good for you. Truth hurts, man. Hey, how would your dad describe what you do for work? How would my dad describe what I do for work? My dad is a country dude. So let me see how you put this in words. He probably would just tell people I work on computers, honestly. 
And my mom, so she works at she works at the Shreveport Tourist Bureau downtown. You know the place that's by the Festival Plaza with the big mural on the side, the Mardi Gras painting. She works there, so they actually have an IT guy. So she has a better understanding of what I do. But my dad would just tell you, "Oh, he works with computers or something like that. Working the air condition. That's what he was saying." What would your fiance say? What what you do? I I was I would think she would describe it pretty well because actually I I texted her not too long ago and I was like I was being short because I was like hey I'm doing some work in the DC I'm gonna call you back and she was like all right and then so when we got on the phone later I was like did you know what I was talking about when you, when I said DC she was like I know it's a data center and I was <laughs> like yeah okay cool cool so she she has a good grip on on what I do so she would describe it to the T and that's an even more niche skill set working in the data center oh oh yeah man like I said the exposure I'm getting right now is crazy like. I, is your data center out here? Yes, yeah, in Irving. So that's one of the main reasons they wanted to bring me on is because the team is getting older and they want to bring somebody in young that they can train and learn the, the environment and eventually it, it work the whole thing. So if everything works out right and it, Laura say the same, I, I would love to stay with ADT and make a career there. But, but yeah, the exposure and the equipment I get to work on and configure, man, it's pretty wild. So shout out to ADT. <laughs> so... What were some challenges that you dealt with coming from a knock background into being a network admin? Again, just understanding enterprise networks, understanding you know what a switch is, what a router is, but they have management switches. They have switches that you just plug devices into so you can reach them. So you can configure them from the house or whatever. Learning about firewalls. I've never dealt with firewalls in my life. I've always been a route switch guy. And so now I'm working with Palo Alto Firewall. So just transitioning from the knock and just doing that layer one troubleshooting, going to actually configuring the stuff, it, it can be overwhelming. But you just continue to have that confidence about yourself and confidence enough where you can ask questions and not feel dumb. Right. And like I said, and that also goes back to, again, your team has to encourage that for you to thrive because a lot of teams can be uh, condescending when you come to them with questions. It's unfortunate, but it happens. But I'm fortunate enough to have a good team around me to to help me in that. Cool. So at a high level, could you talk about any type of projects or anything that you've gotten a chance to work on being like a network admin now? Yeah. Weekly, we're just about configuring because ADT, right? They have their residential offices all throughout the country. I won't say weekly. I would say at least once a month, we're standing up a network for a site that's moving or whatever that may be selling, selling ADT services, but we're standing up those networks to send out. So that that's basically the project. My career is the project. <laughs> and so I really enjoy it, man. And, and that's what we do on a day to day. Now on the data center side, those setting up their redundancy between all of those devices, core routers, core switches back to the um, internet provider or the ISPs. That's another big project we work on or continue to, I won't say work on, but continue to maintain and upgrade and things like that as time goes on. So, Okay. That's what's up. Now, here's like some fun questions. If somebody wants to be a network admin and they don't have no experience, like what would you recommend them to do? I would recommend them to honestly Just, I guess, from my experience, I would recommend them try to find some type of at least associates program that has a true path of network. Because like NCTC, just their program is great. We talk about school a lot and we say, 
oh, I learned, I didn't learn anything to help me with my job. It's like the complete opposite with me at NCTC. They literally took me in. They had a Network Plus course. They had a CCNA course. So they literally were big on hammering these skills that you would need to learn to get into networking. Now, if you want to pay for a Network Plus boot camp or whatever, that's cool too. But Or just pick up a Network Plus book and see what you you know can pick up on yourself. But for me, I needed someone to teach it to me. When I went to NCTC, it was just like a springboard for my knowledge from there. So that, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, I think a lot of people, and this is this also wasn't advertised to us as well in school. Community college is actually where it's at if you want to get maybe in the tech or something. Because they right. have, like even Bipsy has stuff to where it's strictly you want to get in security. They got these classes for security, networking. Bipsy also has this uh, agreement with GDIT right there next door to where they're helping people get internships and working. Yeah, most definitely, man. A lot of people, I was 29 when I started at NCTC and a lot of people were in their early thirties or late twenties starting there and just trying to pivot in the IT. And a lot of us have gone on to, to have successful careers from that. So yeah, don't shade on the associates, man. Cause I, I guarantee you, I learned a lot more than some people did getting a four year IT degree at a four-year university. Yeah, and especially as a more affordable way of education. Sometimes you might have to pay nothing. You may get Pell Grants to where you're not coming out of pocket at all. So it's really a win is a win. That's a scenario. It may be like a little shorter or a longer duration of you to get to where you want to be. But hey, that's what you got to, that's what it comes down to when I have conversations now. Like how fast are you trying to move? You trying to go at your own pace or you trying to get here quick? If you want to get here quick, try this program out. If not, can do the tortoise way kind you can go slower and go at your own pace so it's like to each his own right most definitely and speaking of grants like 90 percent of my tuition and books was covered by a program they had it's no longer there unfortunately but i had to pay for my last semester because the grant uh ended but but it was called tech hire but it was just an amazing opportunity it was really just a blessing honestly like everything lined up because mr Lyons also told me about that as well but I, I barely had to pay for anything while i was there and they paid for me to take my ccna sec plus so it, it was great so nctc was really into getting us out there into the workforce and make sure we had those basic skills so that's good though i don't even know if tech has changed since then. i know three years ago three or two years ago i messaged uh, dr ellis about hey i see the curriculum look about the same as it was when i was there <laughs> Like they are they getting any certifications with these courses? It was like no. I was just like, why not? Like if I'm doing this course, I should. I did a networking course in the, my CIS major, and it was pretty cool. We had to design specifically. We actually designed a network to be on a three story building, similar to the New College of Business. Mm. I didn't know that's what we was doing at the time, but it was a cool project. Now me and I don't know if you remember Vernon. Yeah, I remember Vernon. Me and Vernon <laughs> was in a group with these. Do you remember Charles and Jack? I don't. I they don't were, one was from Cameroon and I forgot the other one, but they was Africans. Right. They decided to bulk out the whole project. <laughs> <laughs> so Vernon and I didn't get a chance to talk during the project. They were just talking the whole time. We ended up getting a C because they were all, the, their issue was they felt like they were so smart. So they was always arguing with the professor. He was getting his doctorate at the time. I was like, I don't know everything just because. Yeah, I can't so stand those type of students, man. I can't stand those type of students. Like, but anyway, I didn't mean it. No, nah, you good. You good. I just like, it was funny to me. That's why I was like, bro, me and Vernon <laughs> was so hot. Like a lot of that stuff happened. You had that or we had situations where who was I in the group with to where somebody really didn't do no work. It was like, you know how they always talk about some when you come to the group project, you didn't do nothing, but you get an A anyway. Right. You had right, a lot of those right. situations going on too. 
I don't know. All in all, I tell people, if you're going to a four year, then most of the time you need to be networking, getting internships and check the curriculum out, go somewhere with a little bit of prestige because that's really what you're going there for. If you're going to Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Princeton, that's why you're going there. You're not really, of course you're getting education, MIT, right. but it's MIT. Somebody see MIT on your resume, they're calling you back. Right, right. That's what that's for. Now, if you're not going to do that and you want to pay that money, do it the smarter, more efficient way. Most definitely. So are you hybrid? You work from home or, or what? Yeah, I'm hybrid now. And I've actually, I've they're wanting me to work from home a little more now, but we just, we move buildings. And so with that comes a lot of pain, growing pains within the network. And I'm, I've already been transitioning to the guy being on campus all the time. And um, everybody else on my team works from home. So I, I enjoy that responsibility. It looks good on me and I continue to try to do a good job every day. But starting at the beginning of the year, I'll probably only be coming in two to three days a week. But we just got a lot of a lot of moving parts right now. And I'm just waiting till it settles down to continue to fully take advantage of that hybrid opportunity. That's probably because it's probably real quiet in there when you're there by yourself. Yeah. And I tell Keisha and I tell Harold when I talk to him, it's like working from home, but home away from home type thing, because it's really it's not really anybody nearby. I'm normally off by myself. I have. Pretty big cube space, pretty comfortable. And again, I like to pace a lot. So I'm glad nobody's there because they would think I'm crazy. But <laughs> so when I'm working on stuff, I may work on something for half an hour or so then get up and pace for 10 minutes just to clear my mind and come back and refocus. So where's your uh, campus located? In Irving. Oh, okay. Yep. That's where the data center Las is. Las Colinas? This is like right next to the airport. So is that considered Las Colinas? I think Not that's really. like actually Irving. Yeah, yeah. Because Las Colinas, I feel like is a little closer to where I, I live. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, used to go to, I used to go to Backway to Los Colinas because I went to University of Dallas. Got you, got you. Yeah, so yeah. But we got we also have, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Flex Central, but we have some environments over, or an environment over there in their rented data center space. But our main stuff is in, in Irving. Yeah, before I left Income, I used to work. So Income, my building was on Beltline and Coit. Mm. Right before I left there, I had just got my badge to start going to the data center in case we had to do something there. But I Hey, putting my two weeks in because I got the job <laughs> I wanted. But yeah, our data center was downtown. Oh, okay. It's a, I forgot where it was, but you could literally take Coit almost like all the way downtown and get to that data center. Okay. Did you ever have to do any work in there or? Jesse did. Jesse was the one. He was like the supervisor. Jesse was like there, everything at the time. I just was there. Gotcha. I, just, I think that was going to probably, if I stayed there long enough, give me more of the responsibility he had, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Got you. Like it was working on weekends, so it'd be like a weekend like this. Imagine our knock probably was a little bit bigger than this room, but it was all glass and just being in there watching anime, doing push ups, going <laughs> to the galleria. That's that's what I was doing a lot of. Good old gallery. Inviting guests. <laughs> For real. I was like, I hope nobody like catch me up here. But I was like, I'm bored out of my mind when nobody there. When right, nobody right. in the whole building on the weekend. So waking up early just to wake up on the weekend, working seven to seven, seven in the morning, seven at night. So days I would try to do some on a Friday night when I got off. I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to have me a little, some clothes in the back and just in case phone go home and whatever. It's been times where I didn't have to get up early and go to Target and get some clothes and go in to work. Right. I hear that. Long nights. <laughs> Let's see. Because actually, I we answered some of these already. That's why I know you felt like it was like a lot of questions, but they really yeah. was like questions within 
questions. Yeah, I went through them. And like, like I said, I didn't mean to lump them all together, but it just right. worked like that. So I'll ask you, so far as your trajectory and your career, what's next? What type of skills are you working on? What type of certifications are you working on? So, of course, I brought up my CCNA earlier. I want to get my CCMP, which is the next step up, but I want it to be, they have something called the CCMP DC core, and that's focused on data center networking. So obviously that's my home. You could do, I think they have CCNA security, CCNA wireless, but data center, that's my baby right now. So I feel like if I secure that, then my trajectory is great. And I, and they're in ADT is encouraging me to do that. I'm also looking to take, take the Palo Alto track with their exams. I'm working on, they actually, I just took a training and they gave me a voucher for the PCNSA. I believe Lise made videos about this. She may have her PCNSE by now, but which is a Palo Alto certified network security engineer. I'm working towards that as well, but Cisco is my baby, man. I'm always going to be a route switch guy, but firewalls are a part of our environment. It's something I got to learn. I've learned a lot with them, and I think I'll be ready to test for that probably before the year is out. So I'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, I actually was going to ask you about that because on the live stream the other day, Lise, Gabe, and I were on, and we were talking about Cisco versus Palo and, and Juniper. And I was saying Palo is what Cisco think they are, right? what they used to be. So Cisco, because they just, didn't they just buy Splunk or something They're, like that? I think it got, I think it still has to get approved, but I think it's going to happen because Splunk did some of their layoffs. So they got to cut some money up and so it could make right. sense. Cisco has always been like at its core route switch, right? So it's, and from, and this is me talking to senior engineers that have been around a long time. They think that Cisco is terrible in the firewall space. And so that's why we have PAs in our environment. So when you're comparing Cisco to Palo and you're talking firewall, yeah, it, it's not comparable. The next gen firewall, that's what y'all got too? You said what? Palo got the next gen firewall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's the, what's the Cisco firewalls called? Mariaki? That's no, not, not that's, you're talking about Meraki. What I said Mariaki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? ASA. That's what they're, ASA, Cisco ASA. has ASAs and people don't love them. They're too comparable to a router versus they're like, if I want to, if I want to firewall, and do carry out firewall capabilities. I'm always go with PA. Just and I'm biased because that's what I'm working with right now. And we do have a few ASAs in our environment. And I like and we I do some work on them. But everybody loves that Palo Alto GUI, and it's it's very it's very what's the word I can very user friendly. So I like them, and I see Lee likes them too. So <laughs> I'm not alone in it. Yeah, yeah. The lady engineer. <laughs> so I meant to ask you earlier about tools or applications that you're using now. So you've already mentioned Palo Alto, Cisco. Is there anything else like networking tool-wise that you have access to now that you didn't in the past? I do a lot of DNS configurations. They just, they gave that to the network team at ADT a while back. That's, I guess, like just a, it's not so, it is network, but I guess like it's more of a Normally, that's more like just a basic admin job, but I, I love doing DNS, adding records, working with Active Directory. It's a lot of things we do in that space, but that's, I guess, a non-niche like network admin slash engineering thing that we own now. So. Got it. Do they have you working on anything in the network for us like cloud? No. Currently, as of now, which is probably going to change, but that's two separate teams. And so they're actually in the works of merging that together. So AWS is about to become my second baby, yes. I assume, in the near future. So you can have some fun with that. Yeah. Because at the center, it's all the same thing. It's just different. Like, Do you use any like WAFs or anything right now? No, not currently. Like I said, I'm just route switch and keeping it basic with that right now, doing configurations on site and things like that. I haven't worked with the WAF or anything okay. like that. 
we do have load balancers in our environment. I don't know if you know about F5s. Okay. Yeah, but again, that's something I haven't ventured towards yet. The SME on that, he's waiting to get me under his wing. He's super excited about it. But yeah, I haven't got around to it yet. So that's the good part. If you're a person that's come in with new energy and killing it, everybody's like, I'm trying to work with him. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how it was at Goldman Sachs. It just was, what just was killing me, bro, was like just driving down here every day from Aubrey. It's like, once I moved, I was like, I just, I can't do it. Let me come in two times or once a week. I remember you saying it. That's why I love living in Dallas. Like I can't. Like, I know, like, cost of living is a factor, but if I can figure it out, like, I'm going to stay in the Dallas. Yeah, if it wasn't a factor, of course, I probably would have. Well, it ain't about it being a factor, but I'm also not going to let a place I want to stay get over on me. If I know I can find a better deal elsewhere, I will. So right, that's right. one of the things I'm on, too, is I've been out here too long for y'all to finesse me. I know what they used to charge over there, so you're not going <laughs> to play me. I'll do something else. I was messing with uh, Keisha not long ago. Uh, I saw a meme that said, I paid $120,000 to get this master's, but you're trying to offer me 50 k <laughs> for, for a salary. And it's, they really do try to get over on you like this sometimes. What's something that you wish I asked you that I didn't ask you? I honestly think, I think you hit everything. If I had to really think about something, I really can't think of anything. You asked me what I aspire to do. What's my trajectory? You asked me what were some challenges. Gave good background. So I think you hit all the notches on it. Okay. That's another question that went on there. But did you ever tell uh, Keisha about Coach Fape? Nah, I never gave her any Coach Fape stories. Coach Fape is a fool. <laughs> I know you want this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be sure to share some. She's over here in the background listening now. But I'll be sure to show you some stories about Coach Fape, baby. <laughs> man was feeding us cookies before games yeah he wouldn't so you know how when before a football game you get your pregame meal that's what Henri's talking about right now he would give us cookies I think we would get what like two to four cookies a piece. I got these cookies I know y'all want them but it was a this was his reason behind it. and and granted we talked about Huntington's program earlier now we weren't winning before then so what he was doing was technically working but he would tell us the reason why he would only feed us cookies before the game. He said, I want y'all to be a little hungry when y'all go out there. Just a little hungry. <laughs> and so, yeah, but he had his ways. He fed us KFC after every game. I don't know who was hooking him up with the KFC. I thought the Booster Club was paying for that. Man, Coach Fipe, he was flirting with somebody up there or something and probably had the hook. Because my dad, I don't even think he had a He He's the principal. I don't think he had a clear answer where the chicken was coming from. We had Canes one time before a game. Because who was in our Booster Club? Right. I think, they, I, think the it's, I think it's better now. They're trying to get a little tunnel and stuff to run out of. Yeah. I know the fives are like a like big boosters of Huntington now, but and they're still none of their kids are even there anymore. And they still support Huntington, which is great. But I don't think Huntington ever just had a. Yeah. We never had what Shreve and Bird got, but we right. should. I think it's getting like that now. It, that program, yeah, as we get older and make more money, I'm sure I'll get back to Huntington one day. Harold already wants to do some stuff. So I do, too. You know what yeah. I've been thinking about low key is like doing this. At Huntington, like whether it's in the auditorium or whatever we do, like I've been thinking about that. Yeah, that would be cool, man. I think they would really appreciate seeing us come back because I, I don't think that's something I haven't seen anybody do it. Go back and just share some of their success stories and let them know, hey, we were here right where y'all were at. So, yeah, that'd I'm be cool. Definitely man. That'd be cool. We'll work so let me know. Keep me in the loop on that. Yeah, and I'm sure Joe is super interested in that as well. Man, I ain't talking to them boys. I will. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, probably, I'm actually, saying I that mind, No, but I'm saying I actually <laughs> wouldn't mind doing a, if I had to, doing a cattle tour because my boy Marquise, you ain't met him yet, but yep. he was on the pod. He graduated from Woodlawn. So okay. if I had to do a Woodlawn tour, I was like, bet. Okay, he can do Woodlawn with me. There's other people that's 
that I've connected with that's from the city that's reached out to me that they went to different schools. So I could finesse and have somebody from almost every school and do it like that. So I, I probably can do that. Yeah, man. Shreveport needs that because it's just not we know how Louisiana is in general, not just Shreveport. It's just the opportunities aren't really there. So they we need to extend that lifeline to those kids back there and let them know, hey, it is a career out here for you when we can be some good resources to get you started. And so, you can get to the money without getting to the money. Only exactly. people know this mean if they follow me on Facebook. <laughs> the last question is, what y'all cooking next week? What are we cooking next week? Actually, we hadn't thought too much about, oh, talking about for Thanksgiving. I, dang, that slipped my mind I know, that fast. I've, I'm smoking a turkey. We're going to also make some dirty rice, right? I just and told then, my mom we want some dirty rice because yeah, they're coming gonna, out here. We'll make some dirty rice and then I actually shoot you the menu, but it's a long, we actually having a Friendsgiving, so I'm not going home to my family for Thanksgiving this year, but they got all kinds of stuff, like almost too much. I had to tell her cousin to take lamb chops. So I'm like, why are we having lamb chops at Thanksgiving? That's too much. <laughs> I wouldn't be bad at it. <laughs> I was definitely going to eat it, but what did she say she was doing now? Chicken wings. I like chicken wings. We had yeah, that last yeah, last yeah. Thanksgiving. We don't like to have the Thanksgiving food outside like maybe a turkey. I almost want to tell her to do turkey wings. I don't want to do double turkey. So man, when I was last the last time I stayed in the street when I had Thanksgiving in uh, 2020, mm-hmm. I got a big baby to do a fried turkey. Ooh. That thing was fire. We we have tried so many times, we just have not been able to line it up. But I have not been able to go to his smokehouse food truck by it looks hey, so good that turkey was every fire. time. Man, I, I already get some know. Of that fish though, that fish be looking so good. I already know. Shout out to Big Baby Man. He used to sell the fried chicken in the morning at school. Hey, <laughs> hey he had the fried chicken and Tessie had the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, man. Time for hustlers. Exactly, man. Exactly. Good times. But how can the people follow you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at a uh, switch or what is it? Route Switch Stack. I think I. You caught me off guard there. I haven't given out my socials in a long time. Yeah, thank you. But uh, it's something along the lines of that. I hadn't had to say my socials on a podcast in a long time. But yeah, look in the description. I really had that link. What about if they want to find you on LinkedIn? LinkedIn, uh, Jerry Davis Jr. Everybody knows the baby boy. So I'm not hard to find on LinkedIn. (laughs) And y'all already know how to find me. Textual talk, textual chatter. Henry Davis on LinkedIn. Yeah, but I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I got some more stuff on the works. It's getting a little hot. <laughs> That's why I'm getting it ready. To get That's that window beaming on us. But I appreciate y'all for Man. tuning in. Until next time, let's stay textual and 